You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop. So let's talk about integrity this morning. And if you have your notes, we're going to cover a few items today about that. Integrity, what does it mean? That's a good place to start. If we threw it out this morning and we asked the audience here this morning, what would you say integrity means? In our skit, we saw integrity means doing the right thing. Even though it's uncomfortable, may hurt, you just, I'm going to do the right thing. What would you guys say this morning? What's integrity? Who would venture to say what integrity means? Somebody want to take a stab at it this morning? Oh, that's a good one. Inside matches the outside. Very good. Anybody else? Word of honor. Very good. Another one? Truth. Another good word for integrity. Anybody else? What you say is what you do. Excellent. Anybody else? We got one over here. Yeah. Doing the right thing even when no one's looking. That's huge. Anybody else? Yeah. Being true to yourself. Very good. Those are all great components of integrity. It would work for it. the definition. There's a definition there in your notes. And this is out of the dictionary. How would you define integrity? It says there it is a steadfast adherence to a strict moral code or ethical code. And that means that we source it elsewhere. Really, the opposite of integrity is compromise. We build our lives to a code. This building is built to a code. The building next door is built to a code. And if you want to build a building, you, you go source an architect, and he sources codes, and he builds a building according to that code. And then you have a good building, a solid building. If you have a builder and he's got a reputation, he, he, he's a straight arrow, he does it by the book, the inspector comes, everything checks out, he doesn't try to cover things up, he doesn't try to deceive you, he doesn't bury something under the lawn, he doesn't hide things from the inspector, that's the kind of house you want to buy. Even if you have to pay a little more money for it, because you know in the long run it's going to cost you less. Now if we do that for the buildings that we build, or for the cars that we buy, How much more should we not have a source of integrity for the lives that we build? God's Word is our source for that. And that's where we get, we have to import, if you like, our code from somewhere. So we import it from God's Word. It is, integrity is a strict moral or ethical code. But you have to get that code. Just like a building has a code from somewhere else, our lives need a code from God's Word. Another definition for integrity is a state of being unimpaired or soundness. Sound thinking. Thirdly, the quality or condition of being whole or undivided. The word you want to put in there is whole or undivided, completeness. The root word for integrity is integer. And if you're at all into math, you know integer is a whole number. And we're whole when we walk with integrity. If we're one time, we're one person. In another place, we're another person. In another place, we're another person. We are divided. We're not integrous. If we're one person at home, but we're another person at the office, we're another person at the baseball game, it's a hard life to live that way. It is not the abundant life that the Lord was talking about. He said, you shall have life, you shall have it more abundantly. But that abundant life comes with walking with integrity. If you live with integrity, it equals abundant life. If you say, hey, you know, I'm a Christian, but I get to live any way I want to, no, you won't have that abundant life. He said, if you keep my commandments, if you do what I've said to do, then you'll be blessed. That's the abundant life. We want this abundant life, and the way to have it is to live with integrity. 
So let's talk this morning about a few ways or a few benefits, first of all, of the integrity's life. One, integrity provides me with protection. The word you want to put in there is protection. You have less fear in your life if you live with integrity. Psalm 25, 21 says, May integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you. Listen, integrity will protect you. If you get called into a a court case, or if you're put on trial, your integrity will protect you. You get on the witness stand, you say, this is what I saw, this is what I did, this is what happened, and it will protect you because the truth will stand up. Sometimes it's tested. Joseph was tested. He was integrous. He still put time in jail. But at the end of it, God promoted him. Sometimes we are tested for our integrity. But as your mom once told you, honesty is the best policy. And where did she get that from? She got that from a higher source. She got it from God's code. It is the best policy. Integrity protects. Psalm 41, 11, and 12, we see here that integrity causes you to triumph over your enemies. By this I know, David wrote, that you are well pleased with me because my enemy does not triumph over me. You uphold me in my integrity. What will uphold you against struggles with an enemy? Integrity will. And you set me before your face forever. Integrity is the key. It will protect you. Paul Harvey tells a story about four guys who showed up for school. They were late, very late. They walked into class. And the teacher said, guys, you're late. What happened? And they looked at the teacher. They must have rehearsed their story. They looked at the teacher in unison. They said, teacher, we had a flat tire. And she says, well, you know what? You missed a very important exam today. But I'm going to give you a different exam. And if you guys pass the exam, then you've passed the other exam and you've passed the course. They said, oh, okay, what's that? She said, I want you each to go to one of the four corners of the room. Here's a pen and here's a paper. I want you to write down on that piece of paper which tire was flat. (laughs) And if you guys come back with the same answer, you've passed. But if you don't, you've failed the course. So guess what? If they were walking in integrity, they would be protected. They would pass. But if they weren't walking with integrity, they would fail. Life's kind of like that. If you walk with integrity, it will protect you in the tests of life. Number two, what does integrity do for you? Besides protecting you, it also gives you security or greater confidence. When we asked the audience last night, we said, what is one of the definitions of integrity? One of the words was confidence. If you have integrity, I am more confident. It's very true. Why? Because if you're walking with integrity, you don't have to cover your tracks. You don't have to delete the files. You don't have to be a different person in another place. You don't have to fake it. You can just be who you are. I think a possible definition for integrity might be authentic. You're the real deal. You're not just silver-plated. You're silver through and through. As one person said in the audience earlier here, was, what's on the inside matches what's on the outside. No matter where you are, you're the same person. And it's a lot easier to live that way. And you are more confident. You are more secure. You're not worried about somebody finding out something about you. There was an experiment that was done a number of years ago. And what they did was they called a number of the leading citizens in that community. And the call simply was this. All has been found out. And they called these leading citizens. One message, all has been found out. The amazing thing was most of those citizens got very nervous and some even left town. Just one statement. There's not security there. Why? Because there wasn't integrity. Mark Twain said this. It's there in your notes. Speaking honestly is better. It takes a lot of stress out of our lives. 
Now listen to a statement. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. But if you don't tell the truth, you have to remember what you said. It's easier to live. It's less stressful, more confident, because you lived with integrity. That's why the proverb writes, Proverbs 10, 9, He who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will become known. Eventually, it comes to the surface. Where you cheated, it comes up. If nobody else knows, you know, and it will rot you on the inside. So if we want to have the abundant life, integrity is huge. It protects us, gives us security. security. And thirdly, it is a guide for our lives. Proverbs 11, verse 3. The integrity of the upright will guide them. When they build a building, what guides their building process? It's the code. It's the architect. It's the blueprint that guides them. We need a blueprint to guide us. That's how we make our tough decisions in life. I'm choosing to do the right thing. It's hard. It's awkward. It's even embarrassing. But I choose to do the right thing. This is my guide. I'm not looking for short-term pleasure. I'm looking for the long-term gain. And I'm going to make an integrous decision here. So it gives us guidance. Reader's Digest did a poll a few years ago of their readers. And they asked different questions regarding integrity. They said, how many have called in sick at work when you were not sick? We won't do the poll here this morning, don't worry. But they asked that. And guess what? 63% said they'd called in sick when they weren't sick. They asked the question, how many of you taken office supplies from your company for personal use? Again, 63%. They asked the question, how many of you misstated facts on your resume or job application? That was lower, 18%. Here was one. How many of you downloaded music off the Internet without paying for it? 37%. How many of you cheated on your tax return by not declaring income or you've over-reported your deductions? 17%. Uh, How many of you have driven more than 30 kilometers over the speed limit or gone through a red light? That one was a little bit higher at 71%. Another one at 71% was this. How many have lied to friends or family members about their appearance to avoid hurting their feelings? That was way up there. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, How many have lied to their spouse or partner about the relationship with another person? 28%. What this told us was where people's integrity was at. Integrity is to be our guide. Number four, what are the benefits of integrity? Integrity provides me with hope. It will provide me with a future reward. Look at Proverbs 22, verse 1. It's there in your notes. It's a good verse to memorize. A good name. A good name is to be chosen. If you like, circle the word chosen in your notes. Your good name is a choice. Not just one choice, but multitude of multitude of choices. And we make those choices in not calling in sick when we're not sick, by not taking office supplies from the company, by not uh, mistaking facts on a resume. These are the little choices that uh, give us a good name. A good name is to be chosen, lots of daily decisions on that, rather than great riches, loving favor, rather than silver and gold. See, you can get a contract, cheat on it, get the contract, make a bunch of money, and in doing so, you lose your good name. Now, you made some money, your bank account's fat, but the next time you go to submit your contract, they say, ah, we're not going to take that guy. He cheated on us last time, we're going to go with somebody else. And they go with somebody else who's got a good name, Because they'd rather have the good name than they'd have uh, anything else that's more desirable, the good name. Look what Warren Buffett said. It's in your notes. In looking for people, 
to hire, you look for three qualities. And if you're hiring people, you may want to just circle this. You look for three things. Integrity. He said that was number one. Warren Buffett. He's a pretty wealthy guy. He's done some things right. He must have hired this way. He looks for integrity, number one, intelligence, number two, and then energy. And then he went on to say, and if you don't have the first, the other two will kill you. So guess what? If people are hiring for this, smart companies hire for that, it makes good sense that we would purpose to live with integrity. A good name is to be desired more than great riches. Proverbs 28, 6 tells us, Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Sometimes you say, oh man, that guy's got so much money. Look at the car he's driving. Look where they live. Look what he's wearing. And we kind of ooh and awe over that. God is not impressed by what we drive, where we live, and all the rest of it, where we've gone. He's impressed by integrity, by the way we live. Much more important what's going on inside of our heart. This is what leads to abundant life, living a life with integrity. Integrity will take you to the top. Integrity gives you good job references. And by the way, if you're giving a reference for somebody, do that person a favor and tell them the truth about the reference. I have a friend of mine, and he hired somebody to come work at his church, and he hired a youth pastor. The youth pastor showed up, and he called a number of people, and he said, you know, how is this guy? He said, oh, he's an amazing guy. He's great. He was at our church for five years. He's a great youth pastor, and yeah, we really loved having him here. And so he hired him. He turned out to be a dud, and he just he didn't work out at all he, for whatever reason. So he called the guy back. He says, you gave me an amazing reference on this guy. He was at your church. He said he was amazing. What did I do wrong? Oh, man, he, he didn't work out for us at all. He said, well, actually, he didn't work out for us here at all, and he wasn't very good. And He said, why didn't you just tell me the truth? He said, well, actually, we're kind of glad that he was moving on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know what? Do people a favor. If they say, hey, can you give me a reference? Then be honest. I've had people say, pastor, can you give me a reference? And I've always said, sure, I'll be your reference. But when they call, I'm going to tell them the truth. If they say, hey, can I have a reference? And that person always comes in late for church. It doesn't show up when they're supposed to volunteer. They miss their volunteer schedule. They say, is this person dependable? I'm not going to say, yes, they're dependable. I'll say, you know what? They don't always show up. Uh, they got this going for them, that going for them. But they're, they're tardy. They don't show up. And if I was that person, I wouldn't hire that person. But when they ask me, I've got to tell the truth. I want to do that person a favor. But on the same hand, if they've done an amazing job, then you just say, yeah, they're great. They're awesome. And of course, you always share the good points. But I want to do that employer a favor, and I want to be integrous with them. I may not be asked for as many references anymore, but (laughs) it's okay. We just be honest. Do them a favor. If I ask somebody for a reference, I want to know. know, Would you hire them? Do they do good work? Are they integrous? I'm like Warren Buffett. You want to hire somebody with integrity. You can get a consultant to bring you the other stuff. You can, you can hire somebody to teach you systems or accounting or lawyers, but integrity is so core for, for our own personal lives and for whether it be building a church, a company, or our family. It is so important. It gives us a hope, not just for this life, but also for our heavenly life as well. It starts in the home. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 7. The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children after them. Uh, it must be in the home first. It starts in a personal life and then in our home. 
then our community, and then in our work as well. So how do I do it? A couple points on how to build integrity into your life. One, choose the right source for your moral and ethical code. If you build a building, you have to choose a code to build by. Your life, you build your life. So choose the right source. I'm just saying this morning that this is the best source for your life. Choose to build your life around it. If you go to our parliament buildings in Canada, you'll find that our country has a code. It was built with integrity. Whether you go, if you look at the biggest bell that's running the Peace Tower, it's got scripture on it. If you go to the altar in, the, in that uh, Peace Tower chambers, there's scripture there. I forget how many there are. There's like 20-some or so scriptures in the parliament buildings that form a foundation for the integrity of our country. Not talked a lot about, but that's a source of Canadian history. That's there. You can go see it. You can read it. It's engraved. Even over the door of the opposition room, there's scriptures that are engraved. It's the source of integrity. You have a code that's greater than you are to live by. So you have to choose your source. God's word is a source for our integrity. In our acronym on life, we say I stands for integrity, following the timeless truths of God's word. We go elsewhere for it and we import it, so to speak. There's a scripture that says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, Colossians chapter 2, so walk in him, rooted Integrity is the roots of your life. It holds everything together. It's the glue. Like Billy Graham said, integrity is the glue that holds things together in our life. And we're built up in him. It's a key building block of our life. We're established in faith, as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now watch verse 8. Here what Paul says. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of man, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. He said, don't let anybody cheat you on the code that you live your life by. Choose Christ to be your model to live by. We are conformed to the image of Christ. We get our, our integrity image from our Lord. I have with me a, a, a tuning fork. And uh, this, is, this is middle C tuning fork. And uh, usually they're, I think, A. The note A. This was first made... In 1711, that's when they invented tuning forks. So they've been around for a long time. A tuning fork is used to tune instruments. You tune your guitar, you could tune your piano to it. And it just makes one note very consistently, always the same. And you adjust your instrument to this. And so if if I hit it, so that note there is middle C. And from there, I can tune my guitar or my piano, whatever I'm playing. God's word is a tuning fork. Always plays the same note, always consistent. Now, I've noticed with the people that play guitars, what they'll do is they'll, before they start, they'll, they have a different instrument, but they'll tune their guitar to that note. They'll play it, next day they, got, they tune it again. They don't just tune it once and they never have to do it again. And our piano at home, we have a, a tuner come in, and he'll spend sometimes two or three hours tuning it, string by string, and he's got a tuning fork, and that's how he tunes the strings. Your life is like that piano or guitar. We do life as we do life. Life goes out of tune. 
go through the week, it goes out of tune. None of us here have 100% integrity. We're all working on our integrity. We all need tune-ups on a regular basis. Maybe this morning, God's tuning an area of your life. Something's just kind of, ooh, you know what? I need to kind of work on that. I, that's me. I've been taking a couple pans and pads from the office, and yeah, probably shouldn't be doing that. Or maybe something else just kind of resonated, so to speak, with you. And so we tune our lives to God's word. As a result of it, when we tune the guitar, sounds great. It sounds harmonious. It sounds complete. It sounds whole. And as we tune our lives to God's word, our lives sound sweet. They sound whole. They sound complete. But we must go back to a tuning fork to do it. What's a tuning fork? The tuning fork is God's word. So number one, choose your source. Number two is act on what you've chosen. James 1.22 tells us, and remember, it is a message to obey, not just to listen to. If you don't obey, you're only fooling yourself. We measure lots of stuff in life. We have different measuring tools to measure stuff. Integrity can be measured. I came across an article that talked about different measurements. The inch, for example. We've got metrics, so we don't talk about inch so much. But the inch, you wonder, how did they come up with an inch? It's kind of a strange measurement. Well, the inch was based upon king by the name of Edgar, and it was a distance from the knuckle to the tip of his thumb. That's where we got inch from. Foot, interestingly enough, came from King Charlemagne's foot. And so his foot was 12 inches, and so that's where we got foot from. Uh, King Henry gave us the yard. It was the the measurement from his nose to the tip of his fingers. Uh, The mile is 5,280 feet. All these are kind of weird measurements. Uh, and we got that, originally it was from the Roman measurement, which was the distance a Roman soldier could cover in 1,000 paces, which was 5,000 feet. But the British farmers measured their field in furlongs, which was 660 feet long, and they didn't want to change. So when the mile was introduced to England, it was changed to 5,280 feet, or exactly eight furlongs. And so today, that's still what the mile is. Marathon. Have you ever, marathons are 26.2 miles long, which is kind of a strange measurement. Originally, marathons were 25 miles long, but they got changed to be a little bit longer. And the reason they got changed was in the 1908 London Olympics, Queen Alexandra wanted her grandchildren to see the start of the race. So the starting line was moved back one mile and 385 yards onto the front lawn of Windsor Castle, and marathons still today are that long. And so that became the measurement for marathons. So about these different kinds of measurements for stuff. And when we measure it, we can, we can build it, we can manage it. We used to have this saying in the quality movement, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So measurement's important. And just as measurements are important in building stuff, measurements are important in our life. If I say I'm a man of integrity and I I have a certain code that I live by, but I don't live by it, my words don't match up with my actions, James says you deceive yourself. Integrity is what you say to yourself. Honesty is what you say to others. And if we're not integrous, only deceive and hurt ourselves. Your actions have to line up with your words. That's why the definition of integrity is undivided. There's not a difference between what I'm saying and what I'm doing. They line up. They match. So key to integrity is act on what you've chosen. Act upon God's word. And as a result of it, we'll live a certain way. 
And some of those already came up. That means keeping your word. We said that. That means being on time. Integrity is on time. That means if you meet somebody for lunch at a certain time, you're there on time. That means if you're going to be at work at 8 o'clock, you're at work at 5 to 8. And if you have to work till 4.30, you work till 4.35. That's integrity. Integrity pays its bills on time. You don't wait for somebody to knock on your door. You've paid your bills within the 30 days or whatever it is. You pay your bills on time. Integrity means you keep your word. If you said, I'm going to do it, you're going to do it. Even though it's uncomfortable, you keep your word like we had in the drama earlier. In- integrity means that you... Uh, uh, you put others first means you overcome evil with good. Our code says that you overcome evil with good. That's integrity. That's what I live by. There was a baseball player. He was playing for the Boston Red Sox. His name was Wade Boggs, third baseman. And uh, he did not like playing at Yankee Stadium. As a matter of fact, he hated playing at Yankee Stadium. Not because he didn't like playing the Yankees, but he went to that stadium and there was one guy who would always heckle him. And he'd get there, and he'd say, oh, Boggs, you stink, you're a lousy player, and a lot of other things that we can't say in church. And he'd just, he'd heckle him. And so it really got under his skin, it really irritated him. And he dreaded playing at Yankee Stadium because of one fan. And so one day he gets there, and he goes, okay, I've had enough. And he walks up to there, and he looks up in the stands, he says, hey, you, are you the one that's always heckling me? The guy says, yeah, what are you going to do about it? But he came prepared. Wade pulled out of his pocket, or out of his bag, whatever he had with him, a baseball. And he autographed the baseball. And he threw it up to him and said, here, this is for you. That guy caught the ball. He was expecting something else. He said, oh, thanks. He said the interesting thing was that every time he went to Yankee Stadium from then on, that guy was his biggest cheerleader. And as a matter of fact, he became his greatest fan. You know what he got? He got the abundant life. Why? Because he just went according to the code. It was hard. It was awkward. It's not what he wanted to do. But the code said, overcome evil with good. So he went by the code. He acted on that. And he got the abundant life. Integrity leads to the abundant life. Another way to build integrity is to surround yourself with people of integrity. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. Corinthians, Paul said, bad company corrupts good character. If we want to have integrity, it's important to choose friends with integrity. Matter of fact, friendship is built on integrity. Clement Stone said this, there can be no friendship without confidence and no confidence without integrity. You can't build a friend without having integrity. Because if you don't keep your word, if you show up late, if you lie to them, if you cheat to them, who wants to be your friend? There's no confidence in you. So integrity is actually even just the foundation of friendship. One of the ways to build friendship in your life is to surround yourself with people of integrity. Alongside with that, to build integrity in your life, is read good books. Read books that promote this kind of a life. When Warren Buffett says, I hire people because I want someone first integrous, intelligent, and then has energy then it would make sense to me to read a book if I'm building a business by Warren Buffett because, you know, he probably knows something about that. A lot of where we are today compared to where we're going to be a year from now is related to what books we read. So read books that promote and build integrity. Of course, this is the number one book we read, of course. But supplement your reading by other people of great integrity and you'll absorb that. If your parents were integrous, listen to them, absorb that. If you have a mentor, a coach, or others in your life, surround yourself with people of, 
people of integrity, and it will sharpen your life in that way. Then lastly, most importantly, to be a person of integrity, cultivate an intimate relationship with the author of your source. The author of our source of integrity is God. And we can have an intimate relationship through Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then in verse 14 it says, and the Word became flesh, Jesus. He dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace. Every day we get a fresh tune-up, full of truth. That's what we need to live by. So as we develop a relationship with Jesus, that is the most important thing we could do to live a life of integrity. Not only does he show us the way, he also helps us to live a life of integrity, empowers us to make those daily decisions that lead to a good name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.